Please stand by. We'll be streaming live soon. Good morning. I promised you that I would uh, uh, deal with the book of Daniel. And uh, we covered six chapters. And just to remember, remind you that uh, Daniel had a vision of a, Nebuchadnezzar had a dream of a statue. Remember that? And the gold head and the silver, the, the, the chest and the legs were iron and symbolizing uh, <clears throat> what's going to happen with Babylon. Because Babylon came in, the Medo-Persians came in, the Grecian came in, and then the Roman came in. And of course we, we understand the Roman because we're Christians and we know that the Romans uh, crucify the Lord. And so when we when we think about that, we begin to sort of uh, understand a little bit that these are dreams that came first to Nebuchadnezzar. Nebuchadnezzar was, was the king of Babylon. And they came into Judah and they took captives, all the young men and and, uh, and of course all the, all the prized people and artisans and and gifted people of all, of all crafts, and they took him to Babylon. And in the midst of that crowd, there was Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Now, Shadrach, it, it, they changed his name, but it was Daniel. And of course, Daniel at the age of 14 begins to grow in the palace under Nebuchadnezzar, under Belchizer, the son of Nebuchadnezzar, uh, under Darius. And so we come to chapter 6 because he deciphered the dreams that the people had, such as Darius' dream was, was uh, many, many uh, tekel, isn't it? Uh, uh, many, many tekel, a parson, meaning uh, God has numbered your kingdom, it's finished, you waited, and, and balances are found wanted, your kingdom is divided to the Medes and Persians. And that same night, as the hand written on the wall, uh, the palace was invaded by, by Darius. And, of course, uh, the Grecian, and they took over. And he died. And so, to understand chapter 7, now you have to understand chapter 1, 2, 3, 4, and 5, and 6. And I gave you a, 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 a synthesis of, uh, just very quickly, about these chapters. What they mean, what they understand. Now, chapter 7 is called the second book of Daniel. And the first chapter deals with warm-up preparation as to discern the dreams of the kings. And so here is little Daniel in the palace, and he is uh, deeply involved in his prophetic ministry all over the place and trying to help people and understand people and bless people. And, of course, uh, uh as he deciphered the dreams of Nebuchadnezzar, there, there comes Belchizer. He did the same. and He did the same to Darius, you know, the lion's den. And so, uh, after the Babylon Empire followed the Medo-Persian Empire, <clears throat> the Greek Empire, Alexander the Great, and finally the Roman Empire. And so, as Judah becomes captive to Babylon, Jeremiah... Uh, the prophet, Ezekiel the prophet, these people were in captivity and they, they began to prophesy. But God began to deal with Daniel in a different way. 
most of the prophecy of Jeremiah and, and, and Ezekiel has, has to do with the end times, but specifically the temple and, of course, the coming of Jesus Christ is more accentuated in Daniel than anywhere else except Isaiah. And so we're studying Daniel in order to sort of see prophetically what God is saying through us today. And it's not a difficult book to understand when, when you follow the pattern of how God presents the dreams. Because you have to know that all the dreams come from God. The dreams of Nebuchadnezzar, the dreams of Belshazzar, the dreams of Darius, uh, and what he uh, dreamed and understood uh, came from God. And so Daniel, the second book of Daniel, deals with these empires. It introduces the reader to the prediction about the fourth beast, which speaks of end times. You're going to, you're going to uh, <clears throat> get used to the idea of the fourth beast. Now, Daniel 7, 1, I'm going to read it, and I'm going to read about seven verses, <clears throat> and then we'll begin to put it down in detail so you can understand. Chapter 7, Daniel 7. In the first year of Belshazzar, the king of Babylon, son of uh, Nebuchadnezzar, Daniel had a dream and vision of his head upon his bed. Then he wrote the dream and told the sum of matters. So, in chapter 7, Daniel has the dream. On chapter 1, 2, and 3, uh, Belshazzar and, of course, his father, Nebuchadnezzar, they had the dream, and Daniel interpreted But on chapter 7, Daniel has a dream. And it says, Daniel spoke and said, I saw my vision by night. And behold, the four winds of heaven strove upon the great sea. And four great beasts came up from the sea, diverse from one, from one from the other, meaning diverse, they're different beasts. The first was like a lion. It had eagle's wings, and beheld till the wings thereof were plucked, and it was lifted from the earth, made stand upon the feet of a man, and a man's heart was given to it. Hold on there a minute. Don't get discouraged now. We'll get there now. And behold, another beast, a second, like a bear. And it raised up itself in one side. It had three ribs in the mouth of, between the teeth of it. And they said, Does unto it arise, devour much flesh. So you have a lion. And second, you have now a bear. Well, let's take a look. After this, now this is Daniel having a dream. You understand? The difference here is that Daniel is having these dreams. So the question is, is God speaking to Daniel or speaking to the king? No, God is speaking to Daniel. So why then when you look at, uh, specifically, when you look at uh, chapter 1, 2, 3, and 4, God seemed to uh, deal with uh, Daniel as the interpreter of dreams. I guess it was sort of a warm-up situation. Daniel was a young 14-year-old. As he got older, God begins to reveal to him. But first, God had to reveal to someone else a dream so he could hear God and interpret. Now, the gift of interpretation, it's a powerful thing. You know, when, when Paul speaks on 1 Corinthians 12, he refers to, uh, to the gifts of the Holy Spirit. He talks about interpretation. The vocal gifts, prophecy, tongues, and interpretation. 
Now, the interpretation of the Holy Spirit in the book of Acts is the same Spirit that is interpreting dreams through Daniel. In other words, the Holy Spirit, God the Father, never changed. God the Son never changed. God the Holy Spirit never changed. So the same Spirit that is on the disciples in Jerusalem in the day of Pentecost is about to begin to work in the life of Daniel because the book of Daniel is completely different than any book you ever read in the Bible. It carries secrets, it carries announcements, and it carries a a world-class discernment that teaches you what's in front of you in terms of the world today and the nations today. So it's very important that you have a worldview. Because if you don't have a worldview, you have a bucket view. It's on top of your head. You can't see nothing. But if you have a worldview, like a bird's eye flying above the earth, looking at all of the houses and all the trees and all of that. And so that's a better vision because it will help you to understand what God is doing uh, in terms of His kingdom and His second coming. Amen? So the second book of the deals with the empires in the, in the fourth beast, which I will talk about it. So let me, let me read then. Uh, uh, first, I'll talk about uh, 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 a lion. And then I'll talk about uh, a bear. Lion is, is Nebuchadnezzar. The Middle Persian Empire is referred to as a bear. The third is a leopard, which is Greece. You know Alexander the Great, remember? In this I beheld in lo another like a leopard, which had upon the back of it four wings of a fowl. A leopard with four wings. And the beast had also four heads, and dominion was given to it. Four heads. Of course, you know that he, Alexander the Great died at 32 years of age. And of course, the, his kingdom, which is old Babylon, is divided into four. The fourth beast, uh, after this I saw in the night vision. Now, vision sometimes comes uh, uh, as you awake. A dream is when you're sleeping and you have a dream. But a vision, it's a little different. A vision is what you see while you are awake. And uh, it's kind of interesting, you know, that uh, as you study this, this book, you begin to understand that there's a lot to do with dreams and visions. Remember, we had a series on the prophetic and we studied dreams. And uh, I want to tell you that the same dreams of the New Testament are the same dreams of the Old Testament, meaning the same God that delivers and communicates with you through a dream or a vision. There's no, no, no difference. It's not something new. You know, when, uh, when they saw Elijah, they saw a vision going into the whirlwind, into heaven. Uh, and so, this is where we are. Let's take a look at uh, chapter, verse 7. I saw in the night visions, and behold, a fourth beast, dreadful and terrible, and strong exceedingly. These are qualities of the fourth beast. And it had great iron teeth. It devoured and broke in pieces and stamped the residue with the feet of it. And it was diverse, different, 
from all the beasts that were there before him, and he had ten horns. So he's talking about uh, uh, the Roman Empire, but we're going to now just cover a little bit. Amen. Okay, let's take a look. Uh, uh, amen. Let's take a look as we go go forward and continue. Uh, I read chapter 7, verses 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, and 7. Okay? And it's very, very much uh, uh, informative in many ways. So let's take a look uh, just to begin uh, and see if we can uh, come to terms with that. Let's take a look first at, uh, at the lion. Let's take a look first at the lion. But let me read uh, the verses one more time because I like for you to sort of... Uh, now, chapter, chapter 7, verse 2. You hear the phrase, In my night vision I looked, and therefore before me were four winds of heaven churning up the great sea. Four winds of heaven refers to wars, stripes, and judgments from God. Now, the great sea here refers to, to people. Millions and millions of people are involved in this vision. And so the great sea refers to people. And of course, uh, uh, I beheld till the wings thereof were plucked. I beheld till the wings thereof were plucked. Pertains to the rapid expansion of Nebuchadnezzar. Because Nebuchadnezzar, he, 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 he's, he's this, he, 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 he was a very intelligent men and he spread it very fast now <clears throat> so let me return then to to chapter 7 verse 2 in my night vision of night I looked and therefore before me were four wings uh, winds of heaven turning up the great sea four winds refer for heaven for war strife and judgment and the great sea has to do with a lot of people Jeremiah 25 32 says, this is what the Lord Almighty says. Look, disaster is spreading from nation to nation. And mighty storm is rising from the ends of the earth. At that time, those slain by the Lord will be everywhere. From one end to the earth to the other. They will be, not be mourned or gathered or buried. But they will, like dung, lying on the, on the ground. So this is referring, referring to the, the end times and what God is going to do. Strove upon the great sea. Large amounts of people. So God in the Holy Spirit is showing Daniel the formation of a number of countries that will oppose Israel and, and, and they build into alliances. At this very moment, the alluding of nations and the aligning of nations to oppose Israel is being formed. And chapter 2 speaks of ten toes in the stature that Nebuchadnezzar built. Remember that? It refers to the ten horns and to the rise of the little horn, which is a reference of the Antichrist. So, chapter, Daniel chapter 7, verse 3, uh, I'm going to read again. It says, And four great beasts came from the sea, diverse from another. 
four great beasts came from the sea, diversing from one another, meaning the four great beasts were different and came out of the sea. The beast symbolizes kingdoms and their rules. So let me explain now. When Daniel was interpreting dreams, and he was helping Nebuchadnezzar understand the vision of the statue, God related to Daniel empires in terms of a statue. The head, the torso, the legs, and the feet. Remember that. But now that he progresses toward the vision to Daniel particularly, private Daniel, in his dreams he saw beasts. So in a way the beasts here are referring to kingdoms. Now why would God use the lion? Why God would use a bear? Why God would use the leper? Why God would use the fourth beast which is the Roman Empire? Well God uses animals. For instance, the, the, the seraphims and the cherubims in heaven, they are large angels with wings and, and have no feet. And they express that way. So, is that something confusing here? No. When God spoke to Nebuchadnezzar, when God spoke to Belshazzar, the son of Nebuchadnezzar, when God dealt with Darius, he used a hand to write down many, many, many uh, and, 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 and of course his kingdom was over by then God used animals the lion, the bear the leopard and the fourth beast and so don't ask me why did God do that but it, it symbolizes kingdoms the same way as the statue symbolized kingdoms so it's, it's identical these four great kingdoms will come out of the sea in the people of the earth They'll be different, diverse, but one cause unites them to, to come together. The, these four beasts have something in common. And, the, and what the common is, they will persecute Israel. So, let me say it again. Nebuchadnezzar, the dreams were in the form of a statue. But the dreams and visions that God gave to Daniel were in forms of beasts, of four great beasts and animals. You know, the, the lion the bear, the, the leper, and the great beast, which is the Roman Empire. I hope you get into that, because this is very important. I don't want you to get confused, but God is speaking to Daniel privately now. He spoke in terms of revelation, interpretation, to a, to a lost king. But now he, God is speaking to Daniel. And you have to allow God to speak to Daniel this way. You say, well, Rick, that's confusing. Well, if God used animals to explain what he thinks, then he is referring to those nations as who they are. And you're going to see very clearly that God's, God is not going to play games with this and try to please you. So, what is the difference? The statue of Nebuchadnezzar represents four empires, as men can understand. Heads of gold, etc. But the dreams of Daniel show the character of four empires. The character, the mind, the intent, the desire of these great kingdoms that are coming upon the earth. They were beasts of the sea. They came out of the people, came out of the nations. So what are you saying? I'm saying that when the Antichrist comes up, it will come out of the nations. It will come out of the great sea of people. Now how can this help you? It helps you to understand 
what God is doing in the end times in reference to the coming of Jesus. What Daniel is hearing here is that as you continue to study, all of these beasts, God called them beasts or empires to Nebuchadnezzar, but to God they were beasts, ugly, mean. Look, look, look at how he describes the fourth beast, which is the Roman Empire. It says, dreadful and terrible, strong exceedingly. Well, the Roman Empire lasts a thousand years. And it, it was a powerful empire. The greatest, and of course, there are no more. It's a warning to America. It's no more. And the reason why there was no more is because they persecute the people of God. And when you persecute the people of God, you're going to be no more. So, let's take a look at, uh, let's take a look at, uh, Verse 7, just a minute, because this refers to coming from the Grecian Empire, Alexander the Great, to the Roman Empire. After this I saw in the night vision, and behold, a fourth beast. So what is the first? The lion, the bear, the leopard, the fourth beast. Now, he doesn't give a name, but he called him a beast. Why? Because the Roman Empire is the empire that crucified the Lord of glory. And we're going to refer to it very carefully because there's parallels between America and, and the fourth beast. This will come tomorrow. After this I saw in night visions and behold a fourth beast, dreadful and terrible, strong exceedingly, and he had great iron teeth. It devoured and broke in pieces and stamped the residue with the feet of it and it was diverse from all the beasts there were before, meaning totally contrary, totally different than the lion, totally different than the bear, totally different than the leopard, which is Alexander the Great. Totally different. He's trying to say that this, this fourth beast, the Roman Empire, is something to behold. It had ten horns. Now, it's part of the beast. It's not independent ten horns on the side. It's, the beast has ten horns. It had nothing to do with conquest of the original, original Roman Empire. These ten horns portray ten kingdoms which will arise in a later date. In fact, very near future, ten nations of the world are going to unite against Israel. That's what Daniel is saying. Now, let's take a look at something else. I, I hope you're getting some of this. I know it's kind of a first time that you hear me teach on this. And, uh, and uh, uh, the Medo-Persian Empire, by the way, did something to the Jewish nation. It returned. They allowed them to return to Judah. But, but, but Judah remained a vassal state. Look at uh, verse 6. After that I looked, and therefore before me was another beast, one that looked like a leopard, and its back had four wings like those of a bird. The beasts had four heads. It was given authority to rule. So the leopard refers to the Grecian Empire. And he refers to the speed of it. Two hundred years after Daniel, God reveals to him that they were becoming a Grecian Empire, and Alexander the Great was going to be a part of it. And so, 
Now we're on chapter verse 7. Represents the Roman Empire. Strong of all empires. The reference of ten horns here uh, will be formed out of the Roman Empire to subdue Israel. Now, let's get to the time now in the last 10, 20 years. With the breakup of the Soviet Union, it fulfilled the beginning of the ten horns, which will arise. Notice that the Soviet Union uh, area are the ten nations that were part of the Roman Empire. If you look at the Roman Empire in those days, the Soviet Union was part of the Roman Empire. And so suddenly, you have now a split within the Soviet Union. And, uh, and out of that area, I'm not saying just that, out of that area, including the Arab nations, there will be ten nations that will rise against the Israel, per se. So, it's connecting us Christians to the reality that uh, Israel is critically important to God. Now let's describe this, uh, this, this fourth beast. Out of them, out of the, the, the four horns, there's one that has eyes like the eyes of a man. Little horn is the Antichrist. It came after the other three were grown up and ready to produce a little horn, the Antichrist, meaning that Antichrist will come to the face of the earth uh, as, as, as the alliance of the nations begin to be formed and begin to think the same, rationalize the same, begin to understand the same, begin to think together. There will be out of the great sea this little horn, which is not a big horn, but it will have abundant power. So the greatest persecution of Israel and all the Christians all together will come from this fourth little horn, which will produce the ten horns given away to little horn to become the Antichrist. Events in the Middle East confirms the movement for a group of nations to form. Daniel 10.14 says this, Now I have come to explain to you what will happen to your people in the future. For the vision concerns a time yet to come. A time yet to come. This is God speaking to Daniel. So let's, let's just, for just a moment, I hope that uh, you, you, I'm going to recapitulate, go back to what I just said. In chapter 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, and 6, God uses Daniel to interpret dreams. To Nebuchadnezzar, to Belchizer, to Darius. But on chapter 7, God begins giving Daniel a personal dream. In his, in his personal dream, he sees these four beasts. He sees the lion, Nebuchadnezzar. He sees the Medo-Persian and who they were. He sees the Grecian Empire, Alexander the Great. Then he sees the Roman Empire. So we're up to Christ coming to Jerusalem now in the time of Jesus uh, uh, he is prophesying in time. Now, this is, this is uh, 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 Daniel when he was about 80 years old. And, uh, and God began to use this man to speak to us about all of this. Let me read to you then for just a moment this fourth beast and what it means. Okay, because that's where we're going to concentrate on. After this, look at chapter 7. After this, meaning the three animals. I saw, 
indicates a fourth beast will follow the Grecian, the Greek, the Greek, the Greek Empire, Alexander the Great, which is the Roman, Roman Empire. If one is to notice this, the beast was more ferocious than all the rest of them. So the quality of the Roman Empire was more ferocious, more powerful, and uh, was so dreadful and so difficult that Daniel had difficulty in describing. The reason for that, there's reason for that. The great iron teeth symbolizes the same as the iron of the legs in the image of the second chapter. For this beast represents the Roman Empire. The empire lasted approximately a thousand years. The ten horns, even though a part of the beast, is for particular reasons. So you have a beast coming out of the sea with ten horns. Yet nothing to do with the conquest of the original Roman Empire, but in a later time. The ten horns are symbolic of the ten nations confederation which will come up in the last days. So Daniel now is looking beyond his time. Now the Grecian Empire came 200 years after Daniel. But God revealed to Daniel that they would come. In fact, they are just ahead of us. We don't know who the nations are, but we know the part of the world where they come from. We have a very, very, very suspicious idea that if I ask you who they were, you would say to me that, uh, that who they are. The ten nations in, will be a part of the old Roman Empire territory and are already in existence. So these ten nations are there. The present turmoil in the Middle East will shortly bring about the ten nations in this confederation. Notice that we came out of Afghanistan now. Notice that uh, everything in the world is changing in terms of how we deal with overseas nations. The present turmoil in the Middle East reveals a lot of things. And there's some aligning in, uh, with Russia and different countries. Uh, and, and of course, the, the relationship of these nations to America is being now cut apart and separated. So the events of the latter days, which are symbolized in this chapter, in, in, in the coming chapters, will take place mostly in the Middle East and parts of Europe although affecting the entire world. Israel will be the focal point of all of this, which her nationhood be being brought back in 1948. So 1948 is a critical part of prophetic, because now it's, it's, it's settled that Israel is, it has a piece of land surrounded by these ten nations, which is the fulfillment of biblical prophecy. Her national and spiritual restoration is in view, which the prophets predicted. Apostle Paul in Romans 11:25 predicted that. Let's take a look at Romans chapter 11, uh, verse 25. Just for a moment before we close up. I know we're running out of time. 11, chapter 11, verse 25. It says this, For I would not, brethren, that you be ignorant about this mystery, lest you should be wise in your own conceits, that blindness that in part is happened to Israel until the fulfillment of the Gentiles become. In other words, 
Paul speaks, refers to the church, the fact the church age is even now coming to a close. The church age is now coming to a close. And so that all Israel be saved is going to be next. So Paul is warning us that there's... Jeremiah does the same. He says, For the day is great, so that none it like it. Jacob's trouble will come. I hope that this will help you to visualize clearly the animals, the lion, the bear, the leopard, the great beast, the ten horns. Because if you understand this, then you understand tomorrow. If you, if you don't listen today, you won't be not able to understand tomorrow. So I ask you, please, if you are following me uh, at RBM on this study, I hope that tomorrow you turn in at, at 9 o'clock in the morning because I'll be here. Okay? I'll see you then. Brilha a luz que inunda o meu viver.